that's the beauty with boundaries. Sometimes it is setting it with other people, but when we are unable to or don't feel comfortable to, we can set it with ourselves and kind of decide ahead of time, decide in the moment what we want to do and then follow through with that. And that's still a boundary, whether or not we inform someone. I think being really mindful of not falling to the all or nothing is really helpful so that we can set boundaries where we need to, to again, preserve the relationships that we want. I hope that everyone just knows that boundary is a lifelong thing and everything is a process. So, you know, one step at a time. And if it's hard, keep going. Hey, welcome to the Asian Detox Podcast, the podcast where we boldly reclaim Asian American prosperity. We have relatable conversations about how being Asian American shows up in our day-to-day lives, how money is deeply embedded in our culture, and how you can choose to define your own version of success in a world that tries to tell us how to be. I'm your host, TJ Wei, your hashtag very Asian, non-binary, gluten and dairy-free money habits coach, and I want you to know that you don't have to live in the boxes other people put you in. You can design your abundant life in a way that honors your heritage, while enjoying a life of ease and alignment. And you can do it while making money and building generational wealth. Today, our guest is Allison Lee. Born and raised in San Gabriel Valley of the greater LA area, Allison is now a therapist with her own practice, and she has a course coming out soon. And I'm very excited to talk to her about that because I think I need it, okay? <laughs> like, I'm gonna need this course. Yeah, thanks for having me on, TJ. <laughs> Yeah, before we get too far in the episode, would you share with everyone how they can find you? So I'm a mental health therapist. So with the therapy practice, you can find me at Allison Lee Therapy. And that's just my name, therapy.com. On Instagram, it's the same, Allison Lee Therapy. And the course that I'm having come out, you can find it on tinyurl.com slash Jen, G-E-N Clarity. So that'll be coming soon. Perfect. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. Before we get too far, though, I always have to do the icebreaker. So if your parents were to run into an acquaintance at a grocery store, what would they say about you? About me, huh? They say would say I work at home, that I'm at home a lot, and I have a dog. <laughs> and I do have a child. She's a year and a half. Um, yeah, I don't. I actually don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, when I think about it, if you have a kid, that's probably the first thing that comes out of their mouth. <laughs> yeah, that takes over everything, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not worried about what you're doing, like the age of your kid and all of that is the the most interesting thing I think to everyone. Yeah, yeah, that's what they would say. I I'm at home a lot is what they would probably say. Also, <laughs> what do they think of that about you being at home? I think COVID helped them really adapt to that well, where it's not really surprising that I'm at home all the time. They won't think I'm like a bum and not working. Mm, It's adjusted the norms. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But I think they like it and they like that I could stay home and they can come over, you know, see the grandkids, see me. And they just kind of know that I don't have to drive as much, which is always nice. Yeah. Because in LA, it's not great. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think Google Maps will ever figure out how to do LA traffic. No, it's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But how did you get into therapy? So I am a second generation myself, meaning my parents were immigrants from another country to the U.S. So when I, as I was growing up here, um, I did a lot of things for my parents. Not like I helped them with things, right? Like I had to translate, I had to figure out school, do all the things like myself and my sister was also the same. And I got a lot of help from like counselors and teachers. Like I really had good mentors. 
in school, even from elementary, where oh, I wow. like really liked, I still am in connection with them today. So I really appreciated that. And I think I wouldn't have been able to go to college if it weren't for like my mentors and my teachers, just because my parents didn't know about it. It's mm. not that they didn't want me to go to college. They definitely did. They just didn't know how to help me necessarily. Right. So I think seeing the impact that they provided for me, it was so impactful that I wanted to be able to give back. And I originally started working out with, working with teens and children as a therapist. And eventually I moved towards schools and now I'm working primarily with adults. I think just also because adults also need a lot of help. I know children are pretty vulnerable, but if the adults also don't get support, the children also get impacted. So yeah, I moved over to like adults a little bit, but children are still, you know, near and dear to my heart. And yeah, that's how I got started. I just wanted to give back and I really saw a need and I do speak Vietnamese. So I started off working with children who had Vietnamese parents. So that, that helped me be able to connect with the parents, but not provide therapy for the parents. So that helped a lot with like the access. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I actually, well, being in the Phoenix area is not helpful to this, but I definitely like try to search for Asian doctors and it doesn't happen. Not that I'm going to talk to them in Chinese or anything, but it's, it's a comfort level for me of like, oh, that would be really nice or like cultural expectations. So it's super great that you can not only be that person for them, but speak a little bit if they are of Vietnamese descent or if that's their primary language. Yeah, definitely. And it was tough too, because I think, you know, sometimes the children that I worked with and even adults now have a hard time kind of communicating with parents. And, you know, so having that background of understanding, not to say that, you know, I understand everything they're going through because everyone's story is so unique and different, but it, it helps a little bit to ha just have that like underlayer understanding of potentially what could be happening, right? Yeah. It like closes the gap quite a bit. I feel like that there's like some cultural assumptions that I can't even articulate. But when you're in this situation, you're like, oh yeah, this is how this goes. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So tell me a little bit about your course. What's it about? So this course is separate from my therapy practice. It's about boundaries. And, you know, that is something that I continuously work on, change and have to improve upon. And I think it's a lifelong thing for everyone. So this one is about boundaries for specifically first and second generation adults. Yeah, it talks about like, what are some skills you could actually try, some factors to really consider about why it is very difficult for first and second generations, especially of Asian American descent to set boundaries with their families and just kind of gives them little tips and like tools on how to reflect on what might be helpful for them. That's awesome. Because I feel like growing up in the Western culture, we're super big about talking about like self-care and boundaries and it's usually just like thrown out there of like, you, like literally the word boundaries just gets like mic dropped in a conversation. But when I go home and I'm talking to my parents, that's like almost impossible to do. First of all, like as an adult going back to my like family environment, like it's all like the habits of like what I did as a child are so second nature that I don't even realize it happens until after the fact. And I'm like, oh, there was a better way to handle that. Or like there was a more adult way to handle some things. And either I don't realize it or it's like I have to stand there and decide whether or not I'm going to like to have a fight about it or like try to educate my parents or if it's like worth it in that point in time. Right. Because like long term, I would love to like 
it would probably never be like 100%, right? But like maybe 50% of the boundaries that I have normally in my other world, like apply to being around my family. And it's just so hard. And I'm doing this by myself. So I'm so excited for your course. (laughs) Yeah, it is very tough. I think, yeah, what you were talking about in the moment of even deciding that is boundary setting, right? You're practicing in the moment of like, hey, like, do I want to get into this right now? What do I actually need? Do I have the bandwidth for this? You're doing Mm. that so quickly. So you are definitely setting boundaries. Like That's a great point. It's like boundaries with myself, right? Of like what I'm willing to do. Yeah. So that's the beauty with boundaries. Sometimes it is setting it with other people, but when we are unable to or don't feel comfortable to, we can set it with ourselves and kind of decide ahead of time, decide in the moment what we want to do and then follow through with that. And that's still a boundary, whether or not we informed someone. That's awesome. I, I feel like the concept of having boundaries with yourself was probably somewhere in my brain, but I don't think about it often. Like I work from home and I am by myself a lot. So <laughs> you would think that I would like be a little bit more aware of the concept of like, I can set boundaries for myself. Like the rules that I set for like, oh, like turn off all the lights or whatever. Like those are still boundaries. Yeah, definitely. I think sometimes it's so second nature. And if we're doing it without really giving it its acknowledgement, we can overlook it. But yeah, turning off lights, not having things everywhere, like, you know, cleaning up, right? Those are boundaries too, I'm sure. That's awesome. All right. So who would you say like needs your course the most? My clientele usually are people who have tried a lot of things and it hasn't worked. Like maybe they've read books, they've listened to podcasts, but maybe they need a little extra like accountability in some ways. And although it's a course, still can hold you accountable because I will have like a workbook with it to kind of help you reflect and think about just like exactly even what we talked about. What are ways we have set boundaries that we didn't even recognize? And that could be good to give ourselves that credit, that acknowledgement of what we have done so that we get momentum to keep going. And the thing I like about courses is that people move at their own pace. And then when you're watching a video, you could do the reflection and then come back to the video and then you can get maybe different insights from it. So I think it's really people who are self-learners, like they're able to reflect a lot and not go all into like trying to do everything all at once. That would be very difficult to do, I think. So people who can kind of take it at their own pace and know what their pace is. Yeah, that's a great point. Like, I think we overlook that, especially like in the Asian culture, we're so learning forward that we're like, oh, you have to finish it in like this timeline. And we we know how to like break it down and be like, this is the deadline I'm going to set for myself and all these things. But we're talking about like some really deep internal work that we're looking to do. So it makes a lot of sense to have like on-demand content. And then I want to touch on like the workbook concept because I know for a fact that like in school, at least in my high school, right? Like if we could avoid reading or if we didn't have to do like a workbook or whatever it was, like that was somehow optional because it wasn't getting graded. Like I know like 80% of my classmates would have skipped it and like not felt guilty whatsoever. So I want to underline for people like how magical it is to actually like print out a workbook and physically by hand go through the exercises, you'll find like a lot more content comes out of you than when you're like just trying to answer it in your head and move on. Yeah, definitely. Because when we actually are writing it out or even speaking it out to someone, right, we're actually having to hear it, like look at it, physically write the words. And we are doing another like layer of processing and registering. Is this what we're actually meaning? Is this what I'm feeling? And it, it's just 
I think it's great too. <laughs> and I love it. And that's awesome. The difference I would highlight too, is that this workbook and reflection is for you and not for anyone else, not for a grade. Yes. yes. <laughs> so hopefully that is also a good reminder because a lot of my, my clients, they are very reflective and they, they can, you know, spend time on other people to take care of other people, but they don't do it for themselves. So this workbook and the course too, I hope is a way that they actually are honoring time for themselves to take care of themselves so that they can continue to take care of their family members, take care of other people and do what they need to do. Yeah, that's a great point. I think there's like a happy medium there, right? Because if you have like strong study habits, then yeah, use that habit to set aside time for yourself, right? Like that's not how anybody's taught these days about like, oh, be self-centered or whatever and pay attention to how you feel. So it's something that we have to unlearn, but having something like, oh, I invested in this course, like this is a professional, like explaining it in terms that I can understand. This is my opportunity to like do something for me is so huge. And it's different than like, me going through it by myself, like I pretty much only think about it when I go home, right? Which is like once or twice a year. And that is not enough for me to like work out all of the ball of like trauma that I encounter when I go home. So if there's a way for me to accelerate that, then I am on board. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, thinking in in advance before you do go home, kind of like what things do I want to talk about? What do I not want to talk about? What fights do I want to get into? What do I want to, you know, battle about, right? Like thinking of that ahead of time can also help so that when the moment comes, we could be like, ah, I already decided. Yes. I'm not going to talk about this. <laughs> it's huge. The, like, I think last time I picked like one thing of like, when this happens, here's how I'm going to respond. And it's so much easier to do that after having like planned that out. Like, I was like, so proud of myself that I did this. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you acknowledged that too. Yes. Huge. As a first-generation Asian American, I grew up trying to fit into the boxes other people put me in. I considered acting, voice acting, and writing as career options when I was little, but ended up joining corporate America as an IT project manager to take the Asian parent-approved path. The good news is, it's not too late for me to follow those more creative goals, but I didn't have the energy to work both my corporate job and follow those passions. And I couldn't shake the cultural directive to be financially stable so that my parents wouldn't have to worry about me. It's so ingrained in me that it's difficult to focus on more creative pursuits or what might be considered passion projects without the financial backing to support myself. That's why I'm such a big fan of building systems and financial foundations that leverage my hashtag very Asian frugal money habits and the more expansive abundance mindset that I strive to embody every day. While sitting at my corporate job feeling like there must be more to life than this, I spent years learning and absorbing information about how to become financially independent, invest in real estate and stocks, and build a business. And now, I'm on track to retire by 40. But more than that, I have the freedom to dress how I want, because how I dress now is certainly not considered professional, adopt unconventional pronouns, and work fewer hours to support my physical and mental health. I get to choose what clients I work with, who I spend time with, and what boundaries I need to set in order to keep the toxic expectations and hustle culture at bay. And I want that for you too. If you're ready to make your next big money move and build the financial foundations you need to feel like you can show up as your full self, I have an offer for you. 
My generational wealth building money mentorship program is three months of direct access to me and my brain to cut through all of the noise and conflicting information on the internet and get you where you need to be financially. Get a wealth building strategy, action plan, curated resources, and emotional support to put you on the path towards your abundant life. The link is in the show notes. All right. Um, Are there any myths about mental health, especially with the Asian American community that you'd like to address? So I think one thing that often comes up, especially with Asian Americans in mental health, is that like a lot of times there could be this idea that like you just cut people off or like don't talk to them if you if they're like, you know, triggering you or whatnot. And that may not always be the case. So a myth that I think is really important to talk about is that boundaries and really setting limits doesn't have to involve cutting people off, but it could just be like a pause. It could be, we're not talking about this thing, right? And that is to preserve the actual relationship, right? If we want to. So instead of thinking like it has to be an all or nothing thing where we either like this person or we don't, we could like aspects of them. And maybe there are parts that we don't really prefer. And I think being really mindful of not falling to the all or nothing is really helpful so that we can set boundaries where we need to, to again, preserve the relationships that we want. And I don't even know if that's really a myth, but maybe that's just something that I I, I really... I I completely follow you because I think that's just the common, and I'm going to say this, is like a white thing to do of just like, oh, just cut them off. Like go no contact. Like that's, and it can be super effective, especially if you have healing to do for yourself. But I know like... Asian culture wise, it's not something that we were raised to do, right? Like we we spend our whole childhood with our families telling us about how like the older generation is supporting them and therefore you have to support them back when they get older. It's so ingrained in our culture that the idea of abandoning them, especially if they like can't take care of themselves in one way or another, right? It's just so unheard of to us, even though we recognize how toxic the relationship is or how bad it is for us. So finding ways to make it better without going no contact or like for me, I'm like, well, I went no contact for three months. And then it's like, it doesn't have to be forever. Like that's totally something that you can do is just not like an idea that gets put in our head often. So it's, I'm super excited to, to see the content, right? Because I think that's what we need is like ideas of what the options are. It's not that those of us that are like, in this position are incapable of doing anything it's that we didn't know it was an option yeah yeah like having just different options that we can brainstorm sometimes is like really difficult because we've been on a one track right one perspective for so long and sometimes sitting with a new option is also unsettling Mm. so then we sit with it for a little while and then eventually we can test it out if we want to or we can like modify it there's different ways right where we don't have to just like try one old way forever or like try this new thing and this thing only it can shift and modify yeah the the experimentation right everything is what works not only in like for you because i know i'll take people's scripts and i'll reword them to sound like me right but it's also every family environment is different too so you have to see unfortunately it's going to be a lot of testing right how, how your family yeah. reacts and tweak it accordingly so for those of us who like went down the STEM course, this is an experiment. <laughs> like you have a hypothesis. Yes. 
That's exactly what I said in my course that I want us to view this as an experiment because if we think that we already know the outcome, we're going to have the outcome that we thought we were going to get, yes. right? It's like Google. If we're, I'm going into to Google like pink car, oh my, <laughs> all I'm going to get. My mom Googles this way. <laughs> like She will Google like, are eggs bad for you? And I'm like, of course you got articles about how it's bad for you. Yes. <laughs> so for those who didn't take Psych 101, that's called confirmation bias. Uh, you tend to like either self-fulfill the prophecy of like you make it that way, especially if we're talking behaviors, or we only notice when like the way we expected it to be actually happens. So it really takes us having to reflect maybe out of the moment to really see like, okay, what other outcomes have happened that I just don't remember? Mm. Like, were there hints of like a different yeah. result that like I can acknowledge right now to motivate us also to keep going? I think that's super key because I realize now as like a 30 something year old adult that like some of my memories as a kid were only like my perspective, like before, first of all, I had like any sense of, um, I forget what the word is for it, but like empathy for other people or like understanding that they have different perspectives than I have, right? Or that like they were just my experience and I didn't know what the extra context that like all of us now have, right? Like if we snap at someone, like we know that wasn't because someone like did something, it's because something else was bothering us. And as a kid, you don't like retain any of that. So luckily I have relatives around that I can ask them questions of like, what was this like or like what what happened here in this time frame or like tell me about my dad growing up things like that that like really shape the way I see my family differently than I did even five years ago yeah and that's great that you're asking those questions right that's the science experiment too you're gathering new data or more data yes. than you had before to really inform like what affected the situation yeah so I'm super excited. Uh, you'll have to let me know when your course is out. Yeah. So I realize I should probably just subscribe. You have a notification email. I no, I can definitely <laughs> let you know. <laughs> but for those of you who are interested, uh, definitely go check it out and get on the waiting list so that you can get in this course as soon as it's available. So Allison, will you remind everyone um, where they can do that? Yeah. So the waitlist is at tinyurl.com slash genclarity, G-E-N. So it's called generational yeah. clarity, but I figured generation is too long. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an SAT word. We can't do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. So everybody go check that out. Even if you're not Asian American, like setting boundaries with parents is like inherently hard. So I definitely encourage <laughs> that. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience before we go? Thank you for having me. And I hope that, yeah, everyone just knows that boundary is a lifelong thing and everything is a process. So you know, one step at a time. And if it's hard, keep going. Awesome. Thank you. I know that something in this episode left you feeling, oh my God, that's so me. And I want to hear about it. Leave a review on iTunes or tag me on social media and share your relatable story with us so that we can normalize our experiences as Asian Americans and help more people feel safe to step outside of the box. I can't wait to hear about it. You can find me on Instagram at tj.wey and don't forget to design your abundant life.